This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. You're listening to Her Vantage here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. I'm Lily Chai. Education is such an important element for our children and for the nation to grow. But unfortunately, there are still Malaysian kids who cannot read. And without literacy skills, students cannot effectively learn important concepts at all. Being an educator for almost nine years now, Rachel Francis is the CEO of My Readers, which is a social enterprise which aims to help improve literacy among our children. She is here to share her journey with us and why literacy is so important. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Hi, Lily. Thanks for having me. Okay, Rachel, your goal is one day every child will be able to read. Can you first give us an outlook on the current situation of literacy among Malaysian children? So a survey conducted during the pandemic found that about 10,000 students are actually experiencing learning loss, which means that they uh, cannot read and write uh, and are going to be affected by the effects of the pandemic. So um, we know that literacy was a problem pre-pandemic because of the PISA assessment that showed that about 50% of our 15-year-olds were not uh, reading at minimal proficiency levels, so they were not functionally literate. And so now we know that as a result of the pandemic, as a result of school closures, underserved students especially were most affected by this. Mm. Yeah. Right. But according to a UN survey back in 2018, the literacy rate in Malaysia is almost 95%. Now, what can this number tell us and is it good enough? So this 95%, uh, well, in, in, in grades, it's an A. And so mm. people look at it and say, oh, literacy is not a problem. Look at it, it's 95%. But uh, I want to make a note that actually... When we look at the stats and what how it's measured, it's from the census. So it's actually adult literacy that we're talking about. And, and also uh, it's defined as persons aged 10 and above that have ever been to school. And so it's not really descriptive of the whole nation or the students that we are talking about as well. So for a more accurate picture, we need to look at the school assessments to figure out how many students in school are actually struggling to read. Because as teachers, what we experience is that there's a lot of students in school who may be in secondary school also who are really struggling to read at a very basic level. Do you have statistics of your own to show like a rough figure of how many students are not able to read? And and what does functionally literate mean? Yeah, so... Functional literacy refers to being able to read and write to be able to carry out day-to-day tasks. So if you're an adult, you need to be able to uh, be able to read a form, you need to be able to fill it up. Um, that's functional literacy. Um, in terms of statistics, we did conduct a baseline study in, in Klang many years ago and we found out, but I think our sample also is of students who are learning how to read. So I think that studies showed something like 95% were actually behind their expected reading proficiency. So not to say not functionally literate, but not at the level of proficiency that they needed to be at. Uh, but just more recently, we worked with six states in Malaysia, uh, the, the states most affected by learning loss. And in these states, what we identified was 2,000 students in need of a remediation program 
Um, but this is just in 50 schools across the nation. So, you know, then we have seven something like 7,700 schools in Malaysia. So you, you can just imagine the numbers um, if we were to multiply. Mm, yeah. Right. Uh, can I ask, how do you measure literacy in Malaysia? So um, my readers, we have a diagnostics tool. It's it's just like the assessment tools that teachers used to use when we were in school. They'll ask you to read something and then grade you. I'm sure you've had done some, some sort of assessment like that when you were in school. So similarly, we've designed our assessment and benchmarked it against the curriculum. So we know what a year one level is, a year two level is. So we use those tools to test students at the beginning of the program to identify whether they are on level or not. Right. Okay, I want to talk more about uh, My Readers. So, uh, My Readers is a social enterprise which aims to help illiterate Malaysian students that started back in 2015. It also claims to do structured and research-based programs as well. I know you did uh, talk about it a little bit just now, but can you elaborate uh, on what My Readers do specifically? Yeah, My Readers started when we were teachers in school. And so the co-founders were teachers in secondary school, discovered that students were uh, behind in terms of proficiency level, right? And then we tried using other uh, books and it didn't quite work for our students the same way. So then we looked into research and discovered that, okay, phonics is the best way to teach reading. So it's it's backed by research. Uh, the modules were curated based on uh, figuring out the best way for students to learn how to read, how to bring them from like zero knowledge of reading to comprehension. So that's how the My Readers modules work. And then from there, we built a program around it, uh, which involves having someone read to the child. So research shows that remedial reading is best done in a small group or one-to-one. So you can't do uh, a remedial intervention program in a classroom. It doesn't really work that way because every child is starting at a different pace and they need feedback um, to improve in their reading. So that's how my readers is curated, like just based on what the best practices are around the world. And then we built this program. So does this mean that in order to combat the issue of illiteracy, We have to separate students according to their level of proficiency rather than their age group. How we work, that's exactly what we do. We identify first where the students are starting at and then the intervention is given based on where they're starting at. So regardless of their age, so we do have teenagers who are um, starting at the phonics uh, module, are starting at the very basic, Mm. yeah. Right. So which demographic or specific locations that my readers are looking at and and targeting specifically to help the students? And uh, what is the mode of help that you and my readers are currently offering? Mm. So we started out just helping students in general because... uh, As we were teachers in school, that was the uh, gap. But then we, I think uh, maybe in the past three, four years decided that we wanted to focus exclusively on the B40 community. Uh, Why B40 community? Because, so let's just say reading is not a class problem. Even T20 kids struggle with reading sometimes. There are many factors that go into a child's literacy. But what we know is that a B40 parent may not be able to afford intervention because intervention to be effective 
is most likely going to need personalized attention and a B40 parent may not be able to afford that. But that affects the child's life outcome. So we've decided to exclusively focus on B40 communities. Um, we started out in the Klang Valley because that's where we're based. But now we have programs in about 11 states in Malaysia. This year, uh, especially, we're working in six states at a large scale. Mm. So we're working with 2,000 students in six states this mm. year through the support by Yayasan Petronas. So My Readers empowers children through communities by providing structured and sustainable reading programs. So we believe that every child deserves the opportunity to achieve self-agency, so the ability to make informed choices for their lives, and we believe that literacy is key towards this aim. So for us at My Readers, it's not just about being able to read the word apple. Um, I think uh, just now we talked a little bit about functional literacy and I think like that's what we uh, want to set our students up for, want to set them up for success in life. So we started using our homegrown literacy toolkits in schools and I told you that we had to write our own because we found that the other ones that we were trying to use didn't quite work with our students. So we, we have Malaysian characters in our stories and so it's more relatable for the kids as well. Um, so we started using them uh, in a mentor-mentee program. So we um, equipped our older learners to be able to read with their peers who were uh, just beginning to read. And then when we expanded to communities, because communities also needed this intervention, we uh, wanted to replicate that still that one-to-one -one support. That's when we expanded to involving volunteers. So the communities that we've worked with range from like low-cost housing uh, communities to Orang Asli communities, just a whole range of um, communities in need of uh, literacy support. So what we focus on now uh, at My Readers, and it started during the pandemic, is at-home practices. We want to support parents um, to be able to support their children with reading. And I think that was something that I had growing up. And it's so important, right? Maybe you're, maybe you're not of the highest income or whatever not. But I think just having parents that can support children at home is so important. Research shows this as well. Right. You've been an educator for about nine years. What was the reason for you to pursue education in the first place? I think sometimes when I look back, I think like maybe I was one of those kids that was not supposed to make it. I was lucky. So my parents were educated till from five. Uh, but I was really fortunate that both of them were literate in both English and BM, and they knew the importance of education. So my parents taught me uh, how to read and write and count when I was, uh, even before I went to kindergarten. And that support at home continued all throughout uh, school. So my parents would check in on my homework. But, but then when I reached secondary school, that's when they couldn't support me as much because they weren't, they themselves were not familiar with some of those subjects. So then I got left behind in school and I was really struggling. I was probably going to fail maths already. It was at the point that I was not learning anything at all in Form 1 and Form 2. But having the right teachers helped me get back on track. You know, and then I realized that, you know, having that kind of support is really important. And that's really what motivated me to go into teaching, to make sure that students are not left behind. So when I was a teacher in school, um, I was a teacher in a rural school for three years. And what I used to do was I used to give a lot of extra classes for the kids that actually got left behind. So whether I taught both mathematics and English, so I used to give extra classes for both those subjects. 
Right. It's time for us to take a short break for some messages, but I do want to talk more about my readers and what uh, you as a CEO, what have you achieved? Don't go anywhere. I'm here with Rachel Francis. She's the CEO of My Readers, which is a social enterprise that aims to help improve literacy among Malaysian students. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. For more, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Her Vantage here on BFM 89.9. I'm here with Rachel Francis, the CEO of My Readers. And My Readers is a social enterprise that aims to help improve literacy among Malaysian children. So there was a research conducted back in 2020 during the pandemic, and it showed that 70% of students did not have internet access and 50% of students did not have devices during the pandemic. I think that has somehow impacted literacy as well among students because they did not have access to education at that period of time. So what were the challenges that children and parents face in terms of literacy and how is it being tackled by my readers? I think what we saw is definitely students who were underprivileged were most affected. Why? Because they didn't have devices. Um, our volunteers actually were the ones who came up with this solution. They said they wanted to do something about it. So our program is in person. So naturally, because of the lockdown, we can't conduct them anymore. Um, and then we were thinking about, well, is it Zoom? Is it uh, Google Meet? And then we did a survey among our parents and found out that, oh, everybody has a, at least a, a basic phone. And they used WhatsApp. So then we converted our program uh, our materials into digital form, so videos, images, and then started to, I mean, just toyed with the idea of like WhatsApp. And so now our reading program is conducted using WhatsApp, so voice notes. Our volunteers voice note the reading across and then the student um, voice notes it back. So there's live feedback and everything is live, just that it's on a low-tech platform like WhatsApp. Uh, but what we saw was also like some students didn't have devices at all. So we did our best to try to get them devices. So we applied for the YTL initiative. YTL was giving out free phones at that point. So we uh, applied for most of our students. Um, we got refurbished devices from a student. He was running this initiative where he was refurbishing devices and giving them out to students. So we got those as well. Um, we tried to do our level best and then we also started the parent support. We designed module, it's called ASA, um, Aspiration Starts at Home. It's a literacy packet for parents to support their children. So these are like some new things that we came up with um, as a result of the pandemic. And would you say that they are as effective as like the in-person program trainings that you carried out? When you put it in comparison, is it as effective? In terms of effectiveness, I would I would say yes, it, we still see the results and uh, especially with the parent support model as well. Sorry, I forgot to mention that now our parents, we, we equip them to facilitate the learning at home. So even in cases when there are no volunteers, parents can support the learning at home. So in terms of effectiveness and like actual results, we do see that it's quite comparable. So having an intervention 
still is better than not having an intervention in that case that if we uh, if during lockdowns we didn't do anything then there would have been no intervention um, of course some volunteers prefer that face-to-face interaction um, some of our parents also say that it's better if class was in person but what we see now uh, in I'll talk about volunteers first volunteers can volunteer from anywhere because classes are on WhatsApp they can be in a rural area or they can be in an urban area and like doesn't geographic distance doesn't make uh, doesn't factor in anymore and the other part about parents being very involved in education I think everybody that I talk to regardless of where they're from like if, if it's someone from the MOE or someone from corporate like when I say we are now equipping parents to read with their kids I think that's something that we've been trying to do for so long we've been um I think it's the longer term solution to the problem. If a parent is equipped to support their child at home, regardless of their own literacy rate, they may be literate, they may not be literate, but they still can support their child at home. And I think that makes a big difference. So it's a longer term solution and we're uh, very excited about that. Okay. How many children have you helped uh, since you have joined and how many have you helped under your leadership as a CEO currently? So would say since 2019, maybe we've worked with um, about 2,300 students. So in our school program and in our current program right now. There are articles talking about how children age 5 to 6 will face more severe illiteracy problem when they go to standard 1 primary school. Is this an existing problem that you see as well? Yes, um... I think I mentioned earlier that pre-pandemic literacy was already a, a, niche, a national problem. Uh, now, why we specifically talk about these two age range is because they missed out on the foundational learning. They didn't learn uh, their letters in school. So like, I think what we know is it's not a class problem. All children have missed out on that learning because they all were affected. The difference is if a parent is literate and has the time, they would have helped their children at home. But it's that group of kids that parents may not be literate or uh, parents are literate, but they didn't have the time or they didn't have the knowledge. I think um, it's also about knowing how to teach someone, right? So yes, we do see now that that all the students that are coming into year one, year two, and year three, they are missing that significant portion of their foundational learning. And it's going to affect the rest of their schooling life if we don't do anything about it now. Right. The number of female educators in Malaysia is about 70% as of 2019, according to the Malaysian statistics. Now, is this an issue that there are not many male educators or teachers in our education system? Yeah, definitely. I think my experience being a student, I didn't have that many male teachers. And also when I was a teacher, I didn't have many male colleagues. I think the biggest issue we see is that our students don't have male role models then. So we need to understand that children come from all sorts of households, right? In some cases or in, in my case, I had a lot of children who came from single-parent households, so they already didn't have a father figure at home. So the boys usually gravitate towards the male teachers as well because they see them as like role models. Um, and so I think not having enough male role models in school does 
course, uh, a problem. But we also see that when it comes to senior leadership, however, we don't really see that kind of representation, that, that kind of female representation. So I, I guess like even in education, just like in every other industry, I think there are barriers to women like actually um, taking up positions of so- senior leadership. Mm. Right. Uh, you were a program manager back in 2019 and then now you have become the CEO of My Readers and this was back in January 2022. So can you share with us what are the biggest challenges that you have faced going through so many roles? Mm. I think the big, the biggest challenge is when you want to bring change. Um, so prior to my readers, I've had experience working in many other social enterprises and um, r- a variety of roles. So I've done like uh, training, I've done content development, I've done coaching, just a wide variety of roles. So when I joined my readers, I brought about a lot of structure um, because, you know, when you're an education startup, you you don't necessarily have all the resources to put everything in place then you know slowly adding structure into our school programs because that's where I started I started uh, as a school program manager so adding systems into uh, school programs but then you know when you run an organization you need to have everything you need to have a proper HR process the hiring uh, processes and so like my it was not really role specific but I was just interested in the development as of the organization as a whole so then there was a lot of um putting in a lot of structure in place. But I would say that bringing change is not necessarily comfortable for everyone. And and for me, my biggest struggle was maybe dealing with that and like just learning more about organizational change and how do you do that in a way that, that still brings everyone on board. And yeah. Mm. What more can be done to improve literacy among Malaysian children? And what are your future plans to do so? Mm. I think what we what the Ministry of Education says now is also that we need a collective solution. It's not just about one party um, doing something. So um, I'll just talk broadly first. Uh, I think every person can contribute to the solution. I think maybe maybe you're not an educator. Maybe you're not um, directly. You don't have the time to. You don't have the money to do it. But there are many ways to contribute. You can support the work that we do by buying a toolkit. So we sell our uh, My Readers Toolkit and any child can learn how to read using this toolkit. So any parent could do that. Um, we could, uh, You could volunteer to read with a child. I think that's uh, something that we're always looking for as well. But in terms of... And, and I have schools also looking out for books. So we take it for granted, but most schools don't have enough books as well. And not all every child has books at home. So donate to your nearest library, uh, you know, uh, if you have books at home. That's that's what a everyday person can do in support of like literacy. But in terms of what my readers wants to do, we want to reach more students and and the Ministry of Education also says, oh, come support more schools. We, we talk to state officers, we talk to district officers, and they're like, yeah, please, please support more schools. Um, but that also comes together with funding, right? So, of course, we're intending to expand our reach uh, over the uh, next few years. But I think that always comes down to money also. 
what we want to do actually, or what we do in the long run is actually equipping each community to be self-sustaining. We don't want to stay in communities forever. We want to support communities with a literacy solution that they can own and carry on for years to come. So that's something that we are very clear about. We want to support communities do that, um, just like we're doing now. Uh, but something that's new for us, we want to explore at tech. Um, we do know that it's not a solution for everyone. Students who don't have access to devices, don't have the infrastructure, are still going to be left out. But we still, uh, we, we still know that it's more scalable than having volunteers. Um, so that's something we're exploring right now. Um, so we are uh, looking out for the right partners, uh, looking out for the right funders to go in that direction. Um, and I think just like the other piece is advocacy for people to know that this is a problem and that something should be done about it. Because um, like you said, Lily, like sometimes the assumption is everything is fine in literacy. You know, we, we are at a 95% rate, but no, it's actually a big problem, especially in school and we should do something about it. Right. Thank you so much for spending time with me, Rachel. I've been speaking to Rachel Francis, the CEO of My Readers, which is a social enterprise that aims to help improve literacy among Malaysian students. If you want to know more about My Readers, where can they find you? www.myreaders.org.my Right. If you miss any part of this show, you can go ahead on our website at bfm.my or the BFM app that is available on the Apple App Store and Google Play to download the full conversation. I'm Lily Chai and this has been Her Vantage here in BFM 89.9. listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.